Hi and hello, football fans. Your old pal Dave Damashek here. Make sure you check out the Dave Damashek football program. You can watch it on YouTube, NFL.com. You can listen to it on iTunes or Stitcher or NFL.com slash podcasts. We look at the world of pro football and the game called life. What's poppin'? This is your boy, Nate Burleson, and always special guest, Rand Gatlin. This is the R&B Podcast. Drop that song. Yeah. Oh, no, no. Yeah. Well, I had a long day. Now I'm really trying to go out. Now I'm really trying to go out, baby. But my lady got all dressed up for a night on the town. to Mike Rob, who's not here, but he would say it never gets old, and it truly does never get old. Welcome to the show. I am Nate Burleson. Like I said, no Mike Rob today, but to keep the R and R&B. It's the aura. It's the aura. <laughs> RKLs. But this is RG, the very own NFL insider, in my opinion, the best in the business. Oh All around, good dude. Always keeps it 1,000. Always keeps it 100. <laughs> My man, Rand Gatlin. What's up, Rand? Appreciate you, man. Always good to get together with you. Of course, man. I, I want y'all to really stay tuned because we got some exclusive insider info. It's that time of the season where you want to know as much as you can about what's going on behind closed doors, and Rand definitely has that. Now, listen, this is the R&B Podcast. This is the NFL show. We're going to hit you with all the knowledge we got. We're going to talk about all the positions you're curious about. We're going to talk about pop culture. We got some great stuff coming up on today's show. So with my man Rand in the building, this is like the sports podcast meets Jerry Maguire. I see that, TD. <laughs> I see what you did there. I like that. Um, and before we get to today's show, we have to give a special shout out to two legendary figures, yeah. not just in sports, a, a couple of people that have transcended the game, uh, football and basketball, uh, Pat Summit, uh, Buddy Ryan. These were two people that if you played any sport, you heard their name, and yeah. you saw them on TV, you saw the way they coach, and then you see their coaching tree, and not just that, the players that fall under right. their umbrella, right? Um, they they seem to all be successful, yeah. Um, which speaks um, not just about the players, but more about who taught them, yes, about sports. So um, rest in peace. You no know, doubt, this has been a, a crazy couple months with the passing of Ali and. And now some coaches that everybody at one point has either heard from, learned from, or even been coached by. Um, so. Even Peyton Manning, obviously a Tennessee guy, Pat Summit was someone that right. you know he you know he confided in. Wow! And during his Tennessee days, so I mean Pat Summit and Buddy Ryan, and obviously you know the Rex and Rob, and just you know great coaches, legendary coaches around the game for sure. You know, it's always one of these things where when people pass, we have a propensity to mourn. 
Yeah. And uh, I hope when it's my time to leave the planet, and I suspect uh, Pat and or Buddy may have felt this way as well, like it's a beautiful thing to look back on everything they accomplished, everything they stood for, and everything they left as their legacy. Right. And as you mentioned, all those people that coached under them, that learned under them, that learned from them. Right. Those are people that are now going out into the world and spreading their message. It's just a new generation of folks. So there's some some real beauty in that. It really is. It really is. You know, what's incredible, um, you know, as a athlete and as a male, you know, when you hear about legendary male coaches, you you can respect them because that's part of what we do. You know, we we give praise and honor to the men that come come before us in the sport. But when I would watch and learn and see these mini docs and listen to players that have been either coached by or been around Pat Summit, um, there was no gender. Like, I didn't see a female. Right. I, I just saw a coach. Yeah. I saw a powerful parent, coach, a guardian. I, yeah. I saw knowledge. Um, and that's when, you know, the impact on the world is, is much deeper than just the X's and O's on the basketball. Yeah. Court. Um, so yeah, we, we definitely got to give our respects. Um, so rest in peace and, you know, our thoughts and prayers go to their family members. Um, so coming up on today's show, we have my man ran the insider with the mostest, I got you. Of course, I know this. <laughs> um, depth chart debates, uh, quarterbacks. We're going to talk about that in our new or nah segment that my man, producer TD, came up with. And uh, speaking of TD, talk to the people, man. What's going on? And this is why I tell the people what they need to do. Right. And if for some reason you're not on the Game of Thrones bandwagon, Game of Thrones season six just ended this uh, Sunday, and it was fire. Man. It was wildfire. So <laughs> – Check it out. Yeah, if if you're not on it, this is this is a great position for you to be in. That's a binge watch. That's a two week binge watch. Go ahead and check out Game of Thrones. Uh, it's it's the best thing on TV right now, up there with the wire in terms of quality all around. Uh, but what you really need to do is subscribe <laughs> and review to the you know review the R&B podcast on iTunes, on Stitcher, on uh, Google Play, yeah. uh, wherever it is you listen to the show. Those reviews and ratings are extremely helpful. They they let the people around here know that people are listening. People like the quality of the show. People like the type of content. Let's keep all the way real. You ain't getting this anywhere else. For the NFL, definitely not the NFL Network, and on this national level. So please support the show; it's very, very important. Uh, That's all I got, fellas. That's what's up, man. Um, So, TD, is 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 there going to be a strain on our relationship if I tell you I haven't watched one episode of Game of Thrones? Not at all, because I envy you. All right, it's like, hey, you actually are in a great spot right now. Like okay. you can go home today, you know, this weekend, just and just sit down. Real and talk, that's, that's the best way to do it. I wish I, we're in season six now. Where it's ended season six. It's uh, we just we just ended season six. Okay, Correct. go back, start at season one, Ooh, bro. Okay. Man, it's the, the coldest show it. on television. All right, so you know, I'm one of those guys. Like when when I hear the hype, I'm like, all right, I got to check this show out. But yeah. for some reason, six years ago, I just didn't get involved. Right? Yeah. Um, or however long it's been on, I don't know if it's six years or whatever. But yeah, so, six. Um. So I, then it passed me up, and I was like, oh, man, it's too late. Now it's heavy. Now, now it's heavy. Right. I'm kind of scared to dive in. Right, right, right. But then I was talking to my brother-in-law who plays basketball overseas. Um, he's in France right now. Mm-hmm. He was like, yo, this show is crazy. you got to check it out. And I was like, so give me one reason why like, you really appreciate this show mm-hmm. over the other ones that everybody else yeah. is watching. He said, because no one's safe. Yeah, straight <laughs> I up. I was like, word? Like, hey. like, now nah, you would think like there's a character that's a mainstay and then he just gets off. Yeah. And you're like, what is going in on? In the coldest way, too. Like, you'll be sitting there like, what? <laughs> they couldn't have got rid of him. It'll happen to you in season one, bro. They get rid of people right away. Like, yo, how yep. did this happen? It's yep. okay. It's great. All right. Bro. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. going to get on it, man. All right. So let's move on. Let's talk about 
the information behind the curtains, yes, what's sir. going on in the NFL, Mr. Rand Gettler. Well, I'm going to give you the short version. There's not a whole lot going on right now. Right. So, you know, you'll, I've seen a couple reports in the past days, like player X hasn't talked to team Y since, you know, early June or right. whatever. Cats go on vacation. The whole right. league is on vacation right now. Right. So, like, you know this. When, when, when they check out, um, you know, towards the end of June, that's it. This that's is, you know, for coaches, front office folks, this is when they disappear and they try and disconnect as much as possible because they don't really get too many breaks right. throughout the season. So, right now it's very quiet. But I'm going to give you an update on three situations that I think are meaningful and ones that we really should be paying attention to as we come up to this July 15th deadline to get these contracts done. The first one, and I think the most important one in my mind for a number of reasons, is kind of a 1A, 1B situation. But 1A would be Eric Berry. And okay. there's a reason for it. Eric Berry is the epitome of a guy you want to pay in this league. Right. He's a guy who has played his heart out for many years. He had a six-year deal, so he was under an antiquated older system, right, and then new CBA hits. So he's been locked up for six years, and he has yet to see the market. So now's his time to see the market. So he wants to go out there and get this. Uh, this will be his first contract. This will be his first extension. Ex- his first, extension. I'm sorry, extended contract. So, right, contract, he's right. played under his, his initial deal. Now's his chance to go out into the market and see what's there. Well, the team slapped the franchise tag on him because they weren't able to agree. Which is how much? To a deal. It was about, uh, don't quote me here, but I believe it's either 10.2 or 10.8. I don't okay. have the numbers so in front of So he's in the double digits. It's, it's south of 11, north of 10. Okay, I got you. Okay. Good money, but as a player, and you can speak to this, you know, nobody wants to be rented for a year after they've given that much to their franchise. Now, there are some layers that make this even more interesting. Eric Berry overcame Hodgkin's lymphoma. Right. This is a guy that quite literally battled a, uh, a, a disease that could have taken his life. Mm. And not only did he come back to the field after fighting it, but he came back to the field and he's arguably better than he was prior to leaving the field, How about that? which is incredible. Wow. And then additionally, something that people don't know about Eric Berry is this is a guy that off the field, in the community, is an absolute titan. Yeah. He gives so much to the people around him. And the reason you don't know about it is because he aggressively fights back publicity. He does not wow. want it. He doesn't want to talk about it. He doesn't want the cameras on him. He wants everybody to pay attention to these kids that need help. He works with kids who are going through similar situations. They're dealing with cancer, et cetera, the types of things he dealt with. And he does that all throughout the Kansas City community. Wow. Um, so, you know, this is a special, special guy. Point being, the team at this point has this franchise tag. It's a mechanism by which the team's say initially it was supposed to be, hey, we want to keep this so that you don't get out into the market. We don't have to uh, lose you. We want the ability to negotiate in good faith. In practice, it's been being used in some ways. It sounds inflammatory. I don't mean it to be so, but it's true, to hold players hostage. That's facts. Right? The player says, yo, I want to go out into the market. I want to see what I'm worth. Right. And the team says, now we got this franchise tag. We're going to slap it on Boom. you. This is how much you're worth, period. Well, I think I'm worth you know, more than that. Here's why. Now nah, I'm just going to use this franchise tag. So it's, it's a shame. Is what it is with yeah. a guy like Eric Berry. That's a guy that Especially you wish, like that. yeah, you wish that it was easier. And I get that the team has a business to run, but at this point, there's been very little, and I mean very little, back and forth between the wow. Chiefs and Eric Berry. And mind you, if a long-term deal is not done by July 15th, it's not getting done. He's playing for. He's playing. Well, he's either playing for the tag or he has to make another decision. Right. So that'll take us to the second situation, Von Miller. Uh. Von Miller is in uh, a similar situation, except there's been a little bit more back and forth between the sides. Because okay. uh, at one point he had said he doesn't like how the negotiations have gotten more public, right? Didn't he make that statement? Yeah, well, I'm going to give you some real behind the scenes on this. And then he said, well, we're not talking right now. And that, that was the latest I've heard. And that was that might have been weeks ago. Yeah, I'm going to give you some very real behind the scenes on this. So Von Miller is a Bronco through and through. 
Go look at his Snapchat. Go look at his Instagram. Go look at his Twitter. I mean, this is a fantastic representative of that franchise. Uh, he dealt with an issue. He was in the NFL substance abuse program uh, a few years back based on dilute sample and a couple other things. He's now out of that program. So he's not even subject to it. He's the first player to ever get out of the NFL drug program. So he's not subject to testing or any of that. Right. So folks like to bring that up. Well, isn't he one strike away from – not at all. He's right. not one strike away from anything. Okay, so boom. So he's that's, free that's and clarified. clear. 100%. percent i have heard the same thing. Yep, so when, he's when, free and clear. When, when I give the argument, pay this man as much as you can possibly pay this man. Well, you know, he's one strike away and he has some issues in the past. I'm glad he's you not. clarified that. Yeah, not, not at all. Thank that's that's so inaccurate. Much. So you see that being floated and you wonder why, where it's coming from. The next thing is uh, Von Miller uh, – are, again, and just like Eric Berry, arguably played his best football of his career this year, was a Super Bowl champion and MVP. It doesn't happen like that. And the tag has him south of $15 million per year, which is a lot of money to your average person. But we got to, when you look at it from a fan's perspective, you got to take that number away. Right. And what you have to look at it is, is just it's a component of our value in society when compared to our peers. Well, Olivier Vernon got more than that. Uh, and Dominican Sue. Got more than that. Fletcher Cox got more than that. So are you telling me that all those guys are better than Von Miller? Right. That's Von Miller's position. So just so we can, you know, dumb it down a little bit for people sitting at home, driving in their car, yep. at, at work, in their cubicle, this is what we're saying. You're, the contract is up with your job. You're working downtown in a cubicle. and Working your, hard. Your boss says, you know what, hey, I don't want to sign you to a long-term deal. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to average out everybody that's in your position – and I'm going to give you that average, right? The, right. The high-paid average yep. of whoever is clicking on, clicking on that computer, if that's your job. But you, as an individual working in a cubicle, you know, well, I'm way better. I'm way more efficient. Right. Um, I'm a, a tremendous employee. And I what, can prove it. And I can prove it. Yeah. My resume says exactly. so. Last quarter, I was – the best at what I do. Let's say you're selling widgets. I sold more widgets than any other widget seller in the United States of America. Right. My value to this company is much more higher than who you're comparing me to. Right. So all I ask is in good faith, give me a long-term deal that can show that you appreciate what I've done and what I can do. Right. So that's how I want people to look at it because they always say, man, it's $15. What are you complaining about? Well, right. You know what I would do with 15, I mean $15 million? That's, that's not the same mindset for a guy who is – Arguably the best at his position. My mom said it the best. So, so when I was younger, I was obsessed with making money because I didn't have anything. So it was right. like, I'm going to make it. I'm going to get rich. And my mom was like, this is my adoptive mother, so much wisdom. She was like, look, uh, she's an attorney. She's the best attorney at what she does, family law attorney in the state of Oregon. She makes really good money. Right. And she was like, I don't care about the money. I do to the extent that like makes life easier. It's better to have money than not have right. money. But this is really what it's about. At the end of the day, it's a, it, it's a measure of my value as compared against my peers. So it's a measure of respect. And what I want to know, because I work hard for it, is that I'm valued as the best person at what I do. Mm. And that's what Von Miller is saying as well. I want to know that you guys value me as the best defensive player in the NFL. Right. And I think I proved it. I was a Super Bowl MVP. I was a Super Bowl champion. I represent this franchise to the fullest. And I'd like to check in. What they're saying is, to use your example earlier, when we're back in the cubicles, is – yeah, you're producing better than everyone else. You're great, but uh, we got this thing that says we can hold you for a year for less money than what you would be worth on the open market. So we're going to go ahead and exercise that option. Mm. We're going to rent you for another year. Right. And the difference is in the game of football, 
is if you go out there and your ACL goes, if you go out there and your knee goes, if you go out there and you get any kind of injury that damages your ability to play the game, now all of a sudden when you get back to the table for that next contract, there's not as much money on the table. Right. And that what, that, that's what Vaughn is saying. I'm not playing this year on the franchise tag. And he said that publicly. He went on Instagram and said, I, ref- I will not play on the franchise tag. So now the Broncos got a choice to make. Here's the real. There's not that much distance between these two parties in the scheme of things. There's about a $10 million gap between where the Broncos are at with guaranteed money and where Von Miller wants to be. So there is a deal to be made. But to this point, one of the things that really got Von frustrated was there was a deadline placed on him, an artificial deadline. So the actual deadline is July 15th. Yeah. Back in early June, the team had sent him a letter and said, you, here's our last contract offer, multi-year contract offer. You either accept this or that's it. We're withdrawing the offer. They put the pressure on We're withdrawing this offer, and we will no longer discuss multi-year contracts with you. Oh. Right? Now it's that. early. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Well, nobody knows this. It's kind of lightweight. I'm pretty sure this though. is the first time that it's been discussed publicly. So break some news here man, on the R&B podcast. Yeah, so look. That's, that's disrespectful. It's, well, okay, thank you. And, and that's exactly how Vaughn felt. Period. Now, look, it's not just Vaughn. It's the people around him, right? Everybody negotiating yep, with Vaughn. His team, his agent, right? His advisors, everybody. Come right? on, man. What do you mean? So, first of all, and, and, and mind you, this wasn't the first artificial deadline that they set. Oh. So, from a negotiating standpoint, there's a couple things that are fascinating. The team, if you say this is the deadline, if you don't agree to terms on this date, we are no longer negotiating a long-term deal. Okay, well, cool. Well, so now you're in a corner, Broncos, because you did say that. There's proof. So, if you did that, then so is, is the, are the negotiations over? To this point, up until a couple of days ago, that has been the case. There's been no discussions between Von Miller and the Broncos since that date. What Von Miller's camp said was, we accept your total value, which I believe was 114 point something dollars, uh, million dollars rather, and six years length. We accept those two things. But what we really want to do is we look forward to agreeing on structure. The very next day, somebody, and Von's camp believes it was a Broncos, leaked to the media the numbers on the contract and that it was rejected. They so, never rejected anything. So now it, it looks almost it's like greedy. trying to turn the people yes. against Vaughn, yes. which ultimately in their mind puts pressure on Vaughn, yes. which is a strategy teams use all the time. All the time. Because then you start hearing the chirping, you look at social media, and all your fans that you thought loved you say, man, you're being greedy. Come on, we need oh, you yeah. to sign this contract. Which for him, Vaughn is saying that was – very manipulative. I'm the furthest thing from greedy. I've been sitting here. I played my heart out. You could have extended me last year. Right. My play warranted an extension last year. You didn't even try. So here we are today, and you're leaking numbers right. on what your offer was to me. And it's, it's a false leak because $114 million sounds great. But as you know, if only $5 million of that is guaranteed, right. that's false. In his case, 38 and a half or 39 and a half was guaranteed over the first two years. But what you're looking at with Ndamukong Sue and a few other premier players is three-year cash flow of 60 million. Right. So he was like, wait a second, I need 60 plus period because that's what I'm worth. And they said, well, I got this franchise tag. Listen, and here's, <laughs> here's the thing about, you know, guys getting paid. I don't care. This is just my personal belief. I don't care if you're the worst player in the world and you get overpaid. Like, I feel like the NFL makes so much money. Go get your money, bro. Okay. Now, I'm just saying that in the sense that some of these guys that we have mentioned outside of Vaughn didn't necessarily have the best year leading up into the contract. Decent numbers, but they don't really have the, the, the most ultimate career numbers going into these new deals that they got. Vaughn, he did something that literally every like 
to-be free agent dreams of. Play well. You stay healthy. You get into the postseason. You excel in the postseason. You get to the Super Bowl, and then you're the MVP of the Super Bowl, and you make plays, like not just a couple plays. Like, oh, he filled up the stat box. Yeah, that's crazy. I didn't see him balling, but he – no, like you were visually dominant in the biggest game of the year, and then you walk away from the season healthy going into the contract. You're like, this is the dream come true. If you could check off every box for a free agent, that's what they would want to do because that warrants a team to say – we have no choice right. but to break the bank. Right. And that right there baffles me. Yeah. It baffles me because this is a guy who, like you said, lives, sleeps, and breathes everything Broncos. Broncos, 100%. And, he, you know, some guys in that situation, they're like, you know what, hey, I'm going to just fall back. You know, I'm not going to really hype the team up because I don't know where they stand. Like, prime example, I know it's a different sport, but word on the street is, why J.R. Smith wasn't wearing his Cav shirt because he's a free agent. So, yeah. like, I'm not really a, a, a Cavalier right now. Yeah. But, you know. You haven't not- seen any of that from Vaughn. <laughs> he's in a Broncos jersey. Every time you see him, his Snapchat, if you're not following him and, and you're a Snapchatter, follow him on Snapchat. He's entertaining. He's all over the place. And he works his tail off. You know, so the thing about it is, is here, here's, here's the bottom line. You know, we said we are going to cover three. Let's just cover these two. Yeah. Um, with uh, Eric Berry. It would seem to me at this point that the team may be taking a position that they just don't value the safety position the way that other teams in the market would probably value the safety position. And they believe that they've got a window right now to win. And if they just tag him and he plays for 10.2 or 10.8, whatever that number is, then they can address the future after this year. But they're not willing to make a long-term commitment based on their actions thus far to that position at the level of, of compensation that an Eric Berry would demand on the open market. We will see if that deal gets done. I'm not, I'm not going to put an, an odd on it at this point, but I really do believe it's a coin flip. Like The team really has to come up because he's not going to sign a long-term deal for way below market, right. prevailing market wages based on the top safeties in the game. With Von Miller, I think there's a, a stronger chance the deal gets done, and, there, and there's a very real reason. I think the team has made a lot of missteps in the negotiations. Uh, I think they've caught a lot of heat for it publicly. When Vaughn right. uh, said, you know, I'm not playing for the tag, uh, and also when the numbers were leaked, uh, a lot of folks were like, come on, man, you guys lost uh, Brock Osweiler, you lost Malik Jackson, right. and you tagged Vaughn with the idea being that you would keep one or both of those other guys. You didn't keep either right. of them. Right. And so now what, you're going to let Vaughn sit out a year because he's not going to play under the tag, and I understand why he doesn't want to play on the tag. Why would he play for less than Olivier Vernon? That makes no sense right. in anybody's world if you right. pay attention to the game. So, you know, I think the Broncos have a lot of pressure on them. Now, they're probably going to wait till the last minute, just like they did with Demarius Thomas, and a deal didn't get done until the deadline. Right. But I would expect a Von Miller deal to get done. I would expect the uh, guarantees to be in excess of 60 to $61 million. You could get quite a bit higher. I mean, there's an argument to be made that he's worth 70 Right. Easy. Facts. Right? Facts. Based on his production uh, as compared to the other people that have been paid. But – uh. I, if, if I was putting odds on the Von Miller deal, just based on where I think the uh, the Broncos stand and, and where Von's camp stands, I think there's a better chance the long-term deal gets done than the Eric Berry situation. Gotcha. Uh, and so, you know, when you look at that, just remember, we know where they've been. We know where they started. They, it was a very low offer, you know, compared to right. what he's worth on the market. When it finally does come through, and I think it will come through, it'll be a deal that is reflective of the value Von Miller has, not only to the Broncos, but to the NFL proper. And right. uh, and he'll deserve every single penny. He should. And, you know, and I'll just say this. 
if for whatever reason it doesn't get done and Vaughn, and it's possible it does not yeah, get done yeah. and, and Vaughn sits out like he said he will the Broncos will not touch the Super Bowl I, that's my personal opinion he's, Nowhere he's near. that good he will not, they will not get close oh, and you lost Malik and you lost Brock right. and one important thing to note about Vaughn Miller a lot of play, teams have 90% of the leverage when I talk to really smart agents around the league I say, look, you know, keep it real. Teams have 90% of the leverage. The CBA is bad for us, for the player side. Right. You know, the teams really did a good job in the last CBA negotiation and knocking back the NFLPA and, and the players. So you have that 10 to, you know, depending on the situation, 10 to 20% of your leverage. You've got to maximize it. And for a guy like Von Miller, he might be right now the most marketable player in the NFL. He's on Dancing with the Stars. Right. He's been doing nothing but marketing work since the end of the season. He's made a tremendous amount of money on the field, $30 million in his playing days so far and also off the field with yeah. all the marketing stuff he actually has enough of a war chest and he's young enough to say i pro- i said i wasn't playing for the tag i'm not playing for the tag i'm sitting this year next year this year they got the exclusive franchise tag on him next year they could not use it again they'd have to use the non-exclusive franchise tag which would allow another team to come in offer a first rounder and a third rounder and offer him a deal and snatch him from the broncos the broncos have an option to match but any team coming in and making an offer like that right. is coming strong. It's right. like the Rams trading up to number one. Like, we're doing this, and we're going to go all in. And I'm telling you, there are many teams out there who would love to have Von Miller on their squad. Oh, yeah. One example, just think about it. What if Von and Khalil Mack were on the same side of the ball? Oh, what if Von was freelancing on the edge or just behind that defensive line in Los Angeles with the Rams? Oh, wait. I go to a lot more games in person, yo. Oh, that's fast. Right <laughs> I go get my season tickets right now. All right, real quick, uh, a little bit on uh, the Honey Badger, Tyron Matthews. Yep. What, what What have you heard right now? Because at one point last year before his injury, he was up for defensive MVP of the year. I mean, he definitely had my vote. Yeah. Yeah, he um, – so so the, the, the Cardinals love him. Yeah. They really do. And, um, and, and the whole team loves him. Yeah. And he loves them. Um, and so this business component of it, you know, in that situation, it has not been very contentious. I would say between Von Miller and the Broncos, it's been kind of right. corrosive. Yeah. It has not been that way with the, the Cardinals and Tyron. Where does his contract stand right now as is? Uh, is he have one more year left? Yeah. So, I'd, again, I'd have to look at it, but I believe Tyron has a year left on on his deal. Um, he's obviously dealing with another, you know, ACL injury, which is a right. problem, but he came back from the last one and, and crushed it. So, right. same guy. And, um, you know, look, the, the reality is he plays out uh, in the slot, uh, and I think he even plays out on the boundary sometimes, yeah. but in excess of 50% of his time on the field, he's playing in the corner. Mm. So, he's saying, you know, I, I think they're already well past top of the safety market money. But he's saying, well, wait a second, or, or at top of the safety market money. He's saying, well, wait a second, I'm not really a safety. safety. I'm kind of if, a hybrid. If I'm playing in the nickel, if right. I'm playing on the outside, right. if I'm playing, if I'm covering a tight end, running back, yes. and receiver. Right, right. I'm a hybrid of right. all. Exactly. And I'm coming down the pipe and smacking cats. Right. Right. So so he's saying, I'm, I'm a different breed. You can't put me in a box. And I think that the team is kind of actually receptive to that. Right. You know what? We dig that. Right. You're right. So I, I feel good about that deal getting done. Um, yeah. When, you know, I don't know. I'm not going to put a time frame on it. Obviously, Tyron wants to maximize his value. He's come right. back from a lot. You know, this window is small, so he wants to get paid. And uh, Patrick Peterson said this the other day. Uh, I can't remember to whom, but they, they said, you know, would you feel some kind of way if, uh, if Tyron Matthew got more money than you? Uh, and P2 said, absolutely not. That's my brother. He deserves it. If he gets more money than me, if that's what the team thinks, then, you know, more power to him. And so uh, I think that that's a little bit of a hint right. that Tyron Matthew will end up being the highest paid player on that Arizona Cardinals defense and uh, for very good reason. Right. And uh, I do that. That's a deal that will 
more than likely get done. I just can't give you an exact time frame. Right, and you know, and here's the thing: when you're on your rookie deal, uh, when the communication is there, you don't you, you don't feel um, fear of going into the season without it getting done. You right. Know, if, if you're communicating and the relationship is there, you go out and play. And they say, yes. "Listen, we're just going to keep talking, whether it gets done right before the season, week four, week sixteen, we're, we're going to get this done." So I I, I kind of feel you on that situation. And in regards to Patrick Peterson, I went golfing with him a few months back, and we talked about it. And I was like, "Look, man, you're under a long term deal right now, but." When are you going back to the table? Because I know there's one more big hit you got oh, yeah. to get. He's like, yeah, I got to break the bank at least one more time. For sure. He was like, so give me a couple years. Yeah. Say a couple years of balling out. We'll start talking again. So in in his uh, defense, you know what I'm saying, I'm not worried about, you know, my young boy getting the money and being the highest paid, which Patrick Peterson is a legitimate big brother. So I, of course. I, I hear him on that. But in the back of his mind, he's saying – a couple years later, I'm going to go ahead and break the I'm going to go get hit, yeah. <laughs> so, so it doesn't matter. Um, Fair enough. That's what's up, man. Hey, TD, yep. so I know you got a beat. Let me get something before we get into uh, this QB talk. Okay, all right. I like that. This is like, this is like some – A little like, feel good. Yeah, it's a little feel good. This is like a 1997-98 DMX Track 10 joint. You know? <laughs> Right. I like that. I was about to get into my DMX mode, but you know, <laughs> voice. All right, so um, real quick, DMX did have about? the best ad libs in the game, though. Ever, bro. Yeah, he did. He, he had the scrounge, bro. I still, I don't crazy know what. How did he disappear off the scene? Belly was an all-time great, yo, bro. All-time great. It was a great movie. He was great in it. Yes. I, I forgot that he was a rapper, not an actor. No. <laughs> But it's a beast in that movie. Yeah, they went X2, and most people, because you remember him from Rough Riders being all gully. Oh, yeah. Right. X had the best, and this was back in the day in albums. You always had to have that one song for the ladies. Always. <laughs> That's right. With the hook. How's it going down, though? X had down the down best fire. collection <laughs> of, <laughs> of For the Lady songs. How's it going Man. down? Man. The track was Cisco. Yep. Oh. And he had yeah, the he best did. collection of. Songs of the hey, You know what's crazy is he said one time, I started rapping just to get girls. And he didn't say girls, he used another word. Yeah, he's yeah. like, that's why I started rapping. He's like, I just realized I'm, I'm really good at it. But, you know, speaking of X crazy, this morning I was watching <laughs> this interview on Breakfast Club, an hour long interview. If you get a chance, check it out. X, man, he's, it's crazy. Like, he's so entertaining. He's, I don't know if he got HDHD or if he's just like, <laughs> I think he's been through a little bit he's of Been through a lot, yeah. Like, he can't sit still, but he's still X and he drops knowledge, man. Yeah. I was watching that interview, man. I was captivated for like 45 minutes this morning. But um, all right. So let's talk about, um, you know, the depth chart debates. We're going to keep it real quick because we're going to yep. try to end this show. We got a couple more things we want to touch on. Um, best quarterback in the game right now, Rand. Man, so this is always difficult. We do these best quarterback ever's, and I'm like, I'm not, I'm not built to pick a I feel guy. You. I feel you. I um, you know, well, you can just give me a guy that you thoroughly enjoy watching. You know, okay, I like that. Best. I like that. I. Th- thoroughly enjoy watching Cam Newton. Oh, yeah. I thoroughly enjoy watching him okay. play the game. You know, it's it's unfortunate how the season ended for him uh, towards the end. It's got to be a loser, and, I'm, you know, unfortunately it's those guys. But, man, during the season, and I'm not going to be able to rattle off the stats off the top of my head, but I do remember this. He bypassed Steve Young uh, as the all-time rushing 
leader uh, for quarterbacks. I believe it was rushing touchdowns. It might be rushing yards as well. I have to take a look. But point being, he did it in like, what, five years? Or it's something crazy. four or five years, right? You know, Steve Young did it over the course of a career. So now he's the he is the the gold standard <laughs> for rushing quarterbacks already, already. already. And and this dude still has you right. know depending on how it goes, another you know what ten years ahead of him at right. least. Um, there's some quarterbacks that are playing into their forties. Cam has a different style of play, so you know I feel like he's a little bit more susceptible to things. Right. But bro, watching Cam Newton play the game, the fact that he's that. Big, Listen, that beastly, and able to sling the rock the way he does, and bowl people over, right. front flip over cats into the end zone like it's insane. And land on his feet, he, right? He, responsible for forty-five touchdowns last year. Yeah, ten on the ground. Like you know, here's the thing. You know, when you have athletic quarterbacks, you kind of take for granted that you know they they sometimes you know give us TDs on the ground. So you don't really appreciate it as much, right? And I feel like as a fan base, even as a player. You just say, oh, he's big. You know, he's supposed to do that. Um, you know, he's fast. He's athletic. But that's 10 touchdowns, bro. Like, that's a, uh, 10 rushing touchdowns. Ben Roethlisberger is big. But you don't say see him run the read. Right. Pull the ball. Right. See a linebacker in front of him. Bow! Right. Lower his head and run him over. Like, he made – I've watched the highlights. He makes the decision like, oh, yeah, it's a 255-pound linebacker I right there. I got this. I'm about to take it over. Right. And then and then destroys them right. on his way into the end zone. So it's like they're, they're just not – I don't think there's another quarterback in the league like that. Right. And to that point, I mean, Russell Wilson is crazy athletic, yeah. like fast. You know, he could jump. He's agile. Slithery. Yes. Yes. Uh, Colin Kaepernick at one point. We were like, this is the second coming of Fast as the wind. Yep. He's a right-handed Randall. He's not giving you 10 touchdowns. So, like, yeah, we got quarterbacks that are athletic, but there's nobody like Cam. I mean, for him to be, like you said, that height, that weight, that gifted athletically, and then to top it all off, improve as a passer, there were some throws last year that were absolutely breathtaking. Like, yeah. As a fan, mm-hmm. you know, you, you try to come up with these words. Oh, that was a great throw. Like, I mean, breathtaking. I, I remember one in particular, there was a slant route, and it was the smallest of windows. There was a linebacker in front of the receiver. The receiver was just passing him, and there was a defensive lineman in front of Cam, and Cam looked and basically did a no-look and threw it around. Like, I believe almost this if, was against the Falcons or the Saints. It, it was, it, was a, it, it looked straight out of the Matrix. That's what it looked right. like. It looked like he was bending the ball around this defense. Exactly. Everybody. It was like that It was that movie Wanted with uh, Angelina Jolie where right. yeah, it looks like exactly. a curved yeah. bullet. That's what it was. And it landed square in the chest of his receiver. And I just thought to myself, who's doing that? Right. And, you know, we're talking about, you know, quarterbacks being great in this era and – there was moments this year where Cam was in the zone. Yeah. And, you know, he, he was playing at a, a level that uh, even he probably couldn't put in the words completely. Right. And this is important to note as well. I think Russell was in a similar situation. You know, both guys have yeah. good wide receivers. But if you look at that Carolina depth chart, who was he playing with that's a perennial pro bowler at the wide receiver position? Oh, Greg Olson is a monster. Jonathan Stewart was able to stay healthy the vast majority last year, which was very helpful to the Panthers because right. he's dealt with injury issues right. throughout the years. But, you know, where were they without Kelvin Benjamin? Where were they? I mean, and, and we know, look, Teddy Ginn was great, but Teddy Ginn's not without, you know, his drawbacks as well. Right. So you just look at what he was able to accomplish with limited weaponry yeah. on the boundaries, 
and it makes you appreciate what he did that much more. Yeah. But I gotta ask, guys, play devil's advocate. Some people listening right now are like, "Come on, guys, Aaron Rodgers." I mean, what's going on, with Aaron Rodgers? I'll, I'll set it up this way, though. Obviously, with Peyton leaving, Aaron Rodgers not having his greatest season last last year, Andrew right. Luck having those injury issues. This is about as open as we're talking about Game of Thrones. This is about as open as the quarterback throne has been in quite a few years. Like, it's up for the taking. But is it open, though? Like, yeah, Cam didn't end the way he wanted to end in the Super Bowl, but 45 TDs? I mean, just to, to Rand's point. Doesn't Cam have to do it again? Ted Ginn. I don't know how many touchdowns he's had leading up into this season, but it wasn't in the double digits. He gets 11 TDs and dropped probably four. Yeah. There's times he's running down the sideline by himself right. and dropped the rocks. So right. He could have had like 14 TDs. And I, I love Ted Ginn. I love the fact that he's improved as a receiver yes. and he got out that box of being a special teams player. I can appreciate that as a former wide receiver. But there's a huge part of his success that he owes to Cam. 100%. Cam, I'll, I'll go out and say it. Cam has a Michael Jordan effect. He's so good that he makes everybody around him noticeable. And no love for LeBron, huh? Well, well the LeBron, <laughs> well, you know, you always got a reference. Oh, I feel you. That's a whole other conversation. With LeBron this year. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. The whole hey, other conversation. Yeah, it is. But but look, TD, to your point, uh, I'm with you. I, I'm not like I said. I'm not. I'm not much for this is the best player because there are so many phenomenal players in the league that sometimes right. it's hard to distinguish. Aaron Rodgers is a monster right. and has been for a very long time. But Randall Cobb. Jordy Nelson, even Jeff Janis came on at the end right. of the year. Uh, Ty uh, Montgomery yeah. out of Stanford, young, young, right? Nice, yeah. And now he's got uh, Jared Cook um, at the tight end position. He's got talent, man. He's got talent. So, you know, that's something that Cam didn't have. So, so if you're saying, you know, hey, here's a pro and con list right. for Cam, wide receivers, you check that for Aaron Rodgers every time. Right. He's facts. got a much more talented and productive wide receiver core. That's facts. And, again, I want to be clear. That's not to say these guys on Carolina right. are not good. Right. They're just not as good as that. Yeah. Packers staff. Yeah. That's facts, man. I, we can appreciate that. That the the one thing about this league now is, um, at every position, there's multiple guys. Like even looking at the wide receiver position, you know, I can go out and say yeah, Antonio's the best, but then there's argument for Julio, Odell, um, AJ Green. You know, a, a list of guys. You know, the two young dudes in Jacksonville, Hearns and Robinson. I mean, yeah. it's, there's talent across the board everywhere. So. I'm I'm loving where the league is right now. All right, yep. so TD, um, or nah, what we got for or nah? Yeah, guys, before we wrap to this this week's or nah, where I ask you guys, you know, what's going on in pop culture? Do you agree? Do you not agree? Or nah? You know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. This week I have uh, the BT Awards happened yeah. this past weekend, and Jesse Williams accepted the Humanitarian Award. And I don't know if you guys saw this, but, man, his speech – was essentially it's the best performance. It was a real speech, it, but it was also the best performance of the night to me. It was essentially spoken word. I mean, yeah. that was how true and real it was. So I I'm, I know the answer is already yes, but yeah. just this is just my way of having you guys talk about it before we wrap. Were you guys inspired or not? Listen, I uh, I didn't even watch the BT Awards. I, I don't know what for re- what reason I didn't, but I heard about this. So I went heard Beyonce killed it. Slate yeah, as usual. I, I, yeah, as usual, per usual. I um, I heard about it, so I Googled Jesse Williams, BET, and I sat there and I watched it, and there's so many levels to this thing. And I'll try to be quick, man. Uh, one, he did. He never took the gum out of his mouth. He's like, look, I got something to say. <laughs> it's, it's like your uncle give you some real-life knowledge right now. Like, Which added a couple cool points right cool off top. Points. Yeah, it added cool points. Off top, um, yeah. Another thing that stood out, um, he's a son of a black father and a white mother. Mm-hmm. And 
you can tell by the way he was raised by both of his parents that they are very aware of the society that they have brought this child into. Yes. And they want him to be aware and not just be aware, but be able to articulate that and teach mm-hmm. people what it means to be young, black and proud um, and empower not just the youth, not just the black youth, but everybody in every color. And when he got up there and he started to speak, he started to talk about what it was like and who we are. And there's a few things that stood out. Stood out. He said, "Listen, if if you don't have anything to say about the movement, then sit your ass down." That's basically what he said. Don't yeah. get up and talk and criticize people that are in the movement. Sit down. Um, and then another thing, <laughs> the one thing that really stood out, he said, "Just because we're black magic doesn't mean we're not real." <laughs> we're not. Because we're magic doesn't mean we're not real. I mean, he said a lot of great stuff. One that really yeah. stood out to me because I was raised four sisters and my mom. He's, you know, talk about black women who have spent their lifetimes yes. dedicated to he nurturing everyone that. before yeah. themselves, and that was, it was so true, man. Yeah, man, it was, uh, it, it was so incredibly meaningful, and you know, a few things. Um, one, you mentioned, you know, his parents obviously instilled in him uh, this urge to teach. Well, he in fact was a teacher before he uh, got into acting, mm. so he was actually, you know, wow. he did do that. Right. Uh, his wife has been with him since, as I understand it, all the way back then. Right. Um, people give him grief about his wife, and you know, he's been attacked for all these different things. At the end of the day, he's a phenomenal actor. Right. Regardless of skin color. Right. He just so happens to be a black actor. Right. Uh, and because he recognizes that his platform is something that he has to be responsible with, he uses it on the ultimate stage or you know a higher higher stage than he's usually accustomed to now because he's right. winning awards, etc. To speak truth to power. Mm. And bro, when I watched it, I was so proud of him i don't know him so it sounds strange but people that understand that words have meaning that there's weight behind them right that when people begin to believe things can change they begin to change he's one of those people and you could tell when you looked out into the crowd people as the as the speech went on started to absorb more of it and understand in in that moment this is special. Right. Something special is happening right, right now. And, you know, the bottom line is, and we talked about this a number of times, you know, race, culture, ethnicity, all these things, we're more of a melting pot than ever before in the United States of America. You know, uh, we've talked about this before back in 64, 63, my daddy wasn't a whole human being yeah. under the law. Right. You know, because right. he's a quarter black, quarter Indian. Right. Uh, today, you know, under the law, theoretically, we're all supposed to be equal. But Jesse Williams pointed out a number of examples. Right. And there are thousands more that we don't know about. Right. That shows us that we are not yet equal under the law, period. Right. right. And I'm very comfortable saying there are a number of situations in which I have been treated differently right. than my friends who happen to be black in situations where the cops have rolled up on us, whether it be a, par- a, a speeding ticket, how they treat me, how they treat my passenger, right. whether it be because they see us when I was in Northeast Portland, uh, you know, catching the bus, and they thought something was going on, they stop, and they treat me one way, they treat them a different way. So right. I've seen it with my own eyes. I've never had to deal with it right. because my skin is not black. Right. So I've never had to actually live through the profiling, right. but I've been as close to it as anybody with my lack of pivot could be. Exactly. How you're raised, your relatives, and yeah. who you are. And he spoke to that. One of the things that he said that really struck a chord with me um, was this notion that, and I'll, I'll kind of rephrase it in my own terms, but white society, mainstream society, uh, whether it be looking at you know uh, hip-hop culture or whatever, hip-hop culture has been embraced by a number of different uh, folks of, of all different shades, right. 
all different socioeconomic backgrounds. And it's a beautiful thing. In fact, I think it's one of the most uniting things in culture today is hip hop right. culture. It's the reason why we're all able to be so close. That's right? right. And, and it, it wasn't like that. So it's been a very powerful uniting thing. However, um, there is an element of truth to what he said in terms of white society or any society for that matter. Let's take white out of it, but other, other subsections of society outside of the African-American subsection of society. Right will appropriate right. elements of black culture. Pull from. Draw pull from, from it because right. it's cool. And, they, and they, want to, they want to integrate that into their being, right. Right, into their consciousness. And so it's, it's flattering. Right. But then when the bad things occur, when we look at Ferguson, when we look at social unrest in Chicago, right. when young black men are falling victim to senseless violence, in many cases, right. at the hands of the authorities, right. Where are the same people that are appropriating the positive elements of the culture? Why are they not fighting for changes in society so right. that we stop seeing young black men and women fall victim to senseless crimes, right. especially when it takes their lives? So I just, I, I, you know, we could talk about this for an hour, man. I, uh, it, it, Jesse Williams, I'm sure he's not listening, but if he is, man, more power to you. We appreciate everything you do, uh, not only for, you know, the culture in terms of being a, an incredible example, but for also using that platform to stand up. And uh, and make sure that the people understand that there are people out there who care. Well said, man. Couldn't say it any better. We ain't getting this anywhere else. Yeah. For the RV podcast. And on that, man, we're gonna end this, man. I appreciate you joining us, Likewise, man. bro. It's always, always a good real, time. Real seems like. What's up, TD? You got give me a full timer, bro. Talk talk to the men upstairs. No, trying to make it happen. We're trying to make it, it happen, happen. <laughs> man. That's what's up. Always keeping the R and R and B. Rand Gatlin joining us. This is the R and B podcast. Thanks for filling in, Rand. Remember, subscribe on iTunes. Comment, retweet, spread the word. It's hashtag R-A-N-D-B. This is Ooh. the best podcast in the business. And this beat is fire, by the way. Yeah. That's he. Ooh. Might make me pull out my Drake notepad. Oh, hey. Yeah. I like that, TD. Ooh. Oh, yeah. It's like Seattle-ish. Yes, it is. This is that, like, sit back in the rain. Ooh. Back next week. Yeah, we'll be back next week, man. Appreciate y'all joining us. Holla at us. We might bring that R&B hotline back too, man. We need that. Yeah, Got we need to. That. Man.